Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. This is where success happens. A member of the industry syndicate, Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. High trust. I want you to think about those two words. High trust. What does it mean? See, most people, according to Todd, in our business, most times quantity is a higher standard of measurement. Quantity. I'm working on the law of the broom today. Most sales careers are quantity heavy. But is high trust about quantity or is high trust about quality? Seriously, I was I was on a coaching call this morning and we just had a nice chat with a guy that had a relatively new assistant. And she made a little mistake, nothing catastrophic, nothing he couldn't fix. Um, and the comment went that he told her, and you should have done it this way. Well, she didn't know how to do it yet. So as soon as he said you should have, it kind of affects the trust. So trust is, is internal inside of your team, how you have their back, how you work with your team. And trust is external, how you build trust with people, clients, referral partners. The Law of the Broom says that to take your business to the higher level, higher levels of trust, higher levels of trust make you much more effective. For the, beginning with personnel, some of the people, they're talking about an environment. One of the things you have to work on cleaning up sometimes is your people. I hate to say that. I, I really do. I've been very blessed. I have my assistant with me for 16 years and my team 12 years, but they trust me. Matter of fact, one of my loan officers said the reason that he loves being with me all these years is I have two qualities that he likes. I always do what's right for the customer, regardless of the checkbook, always. And I always have his back or their backs, always have their backs. Some of the people in your environment, according to, don't necessarily handle their responsibilities correctly. Handle their responsibilities with trust, with courtesy, with kindness. I'll never forget years ago, I had the best processor I've ever had in my life. She was absolutely amazing. She had the personality and communication of a baseball bat. So I couldn't let her talk to customers. I actually hired somebody to be the liaison between the processor and the clients and the whole paradigm change. It was wonderful. So what it really comes down to, you have to look at your internal team. Are you all on the same page? What is the most important focus of our business today? Most important focus is the customer experience. So for example, if you call a customer, and this is just, this was on a co coaching call this morning, when a citizen called and said, hey, you should have sent me this information. Versus, hey, you know, I noticed that we still need a few outstanding conditions on your loan. Can I help you gather them? Which one brings trust? If you saw my post yesterday on Facebook, I said, you don't need a script if you're not making your calls. Do something, do it now. But if you're making calls and you're talking to people, you don't have to have a line-by-line -line script. We certainly have to have a script of how you want to communicate with people. So do you have good job descriptions inside your environment? Do you have good job descriptions and good conveyor belts of how you want things done? Do you? I mean, seriously, are you working time trying to figure out to, to, to put out fires versus prevent fires? As Todd has said many times, in order to go fast, you have to slow down. 
if you don't do it right the first time, and all you loan officers listening to this, if you don't do it right, if you don't take a complete mortgage application, you don't present a great picture, you don't write a roadmap or a narrative, you don't have good supporting documentation, which takes a little more time up front, but it saves hours on the back end. If you're not doing it right up front, when do you have time to do it right later? And that really, in this time period of exorbitant volumes, it gets harder. But the, the, the philosophy applies. You have to slow down, do it right, and move on. And don't think you can multitask and do three, four, five things at once because we don't do it well. Humans are not effective at multitasking. We're most effective by taking the task, time blocking it, prioritizing it, doing it, and moving on. You never have, uh, have you ever had more than enough time in your sales business? We never have enough time, ever. Just get used to that. Um, salespeople probably have a hard time believing it's possible in the sales profession to spend the majority, majority of their time doing the one or two things that they both enjoy and which they excel at. So think about this. You could spend more time doing the things that advance your career if you get rid of the things that are holding you back. But if you don't even know what the things are. So I just had a, a coaching member recently who every 15 minutes, he looked at how he spent the last 15 minutes. You can do it with a half an hour or an hour and look at how you spent the time in the last 15 minutes, an hour, the behaviors you did. Look at those behaviors and ask yourself a simple question. Is this only something I can do? Is this something that's going to be a revenue generator a trust builder, uh, a better way of communicating, or is this moving papers? And if you're doing things that aren't making you revenue, that aren't building trust, that aren't growing your business, then that's wasting time. That's wasting money. It does a couple things. You don't have time to enjoy your life because you're, you're crazy busy. Add a team member. Add somebody who can do the things that they can do that you shouldn't necessarily be doing. A couple of things to think about. I said this already, but I'm going to repeat it. Page 97 in High Trust Selling. It's, it's, it's the go-to manual. If you can't find time to do things right, when will you ever find the time to do them over? If you spend most of your time with clients who don't completely trust you, you will find time to build. When will you find time? Where will you find time to build high trust with the right clients? So Law of the Broom says, if you're dealing with people that don't trust you, and that's your responsibility to build the trust. If you have referral partners that, that don't trust you, that only throw you tough deals, when are you going to find the time to go find the partners that you want to work with? If you don't have time to call your clients back, how will you make time to talk when they call you? Are you waiting for incoming calls or are you being proactive? I'll give you a truthful story. One day a realtor called me and it shouldn't have happened. And she said, Wayne, is your appraisal back yet? And it had been in for about a day and a half, two days. And my response was, I'm sorry, it's my bad. I should have called you. I'm sorry about that. Yes, appraisals and everything's fine. But that's a call that should be outgoing, not incoming for the high trust relationship. If you don't have time to make quality sales, so the quantity of your sales really matter. So you can have 20 realtors giving you half a loan a month and doing 10 loans a month you can have five realtors giving you two loans a month you can have five realtors giving you three loans a month the goal is to build 
great partners that you work with on an ongoing basis. If you don't show your customers your trustworthy way of doing business, they will assume you do business anyway. I was on a call yesterday with a client. I was absolutely, absolutely flabbergasted. Referred to me by somebody about potentially refinancing. I said, what kind of loan do you have? She goes, I have no idea. They have no idea what kind of loan she had at all. That means a loan officer didn't educate that borrower and build that trust equation. And I said, have you heard from your loan officer in the last five years? Never. She never heard from him. Didn't know what mortgage product she had. So when the referral came to come to me from one of my trusted clients, it was an easy one. I, I explained to her what product she had after seeing her statements and evaluating it. She had no clue. If you hurry your sales, you'll usually end up waiting on them. So are you waiting for the phone to ring? If you are, that's something you need to work on. If you don't return calls, the calls return to you. So one of the rules I have in my business is every day at five o'clock, I check all my voicemails and do all my calls every day. It'll save you money. How many, think of this, how much money is every transaction worth to you? Every single one. And what are you doing to make sure that you never lose one? I love to ask a realtor a question. And it's bold, but it's true. Have you ever dealt with a customer who ended up buying a piece of real estate from somebody else? And then the next question is, what are we going to do about that? If you don't have an assistant, you are an assistant. When I started my own mortgage company in 2000, I had it for 12 years until my partner passed away. The first thing I did before I wrote one loan was to hire an assistant. And within about 12 months, I'm closing 30 to 40 loans a month. It's true. You need to have an assistant. But if you don't know what you're doing that you shouldn't be doing, an assistant will become ineffective for you. If you don't tell people when to call you, they will call you whenever they want. And then you'll, you'll be in the middle of something. You'll be disrupted. It'll take your time. You'll lose your effectiveness. It's just the way the game works. If you don't take advantage of your time, this is a big one. Your time will take advantage of you. Most salespeople understand the essence of a, re of a reactionary relationship. For every action, we were taught there's an equal and opposite reaction. The same phenomenon occurs in your sales business. One positive action usually elicits another positive action, but you have to be the one to initiate the actions. So in short, if you have, if you have not established clean systems, and tight procedures to run your business. Think about that terminology, to run your business. Are you running your business or is your business running you? Are you working like too many hours when you could be delegating? There's never seen a gravestone in my life that said, I wish I'd worked more. Guys, the purpose of high trust and high trust coaching, high trust business is to work less, make more, delegate what you can, Build trust with your team, with your clients. They refer people to you and with your referral partners. High trust doesn't happen arbitrarily. It must be proactively earned. That's such a, a powerful statement. High trust doesn't happen arbitrarily. It must be proactively earned. I'll give you an example. Recently, I was talking to one of my coaching members, and he said that he went to his financial planner and asked for a realtor referral. Who's a good realtor? Who's the best? 
he got a name of this realtor that was amazing. And he called the realtor and he said to that realtor, my financial planner asked me to give you a call. It's not a true statement. And it wasn't impacting and they didn't work for him. Dialogue, scripting might be better to say, I asked my financial planner who's the best realtor in town. Who's the best? Who cares about the customer relationship? Who cares about the client experience? Who would you think is the best? My realtor gave my financial planner gave me your name. Of all the realtors in town, he gave me your name because I asked. And that makes me want to find out why. That makes me understand why your name, what is it about you that created that much of a glowing referral? I want to get to know you better. And that's an honest statement. When your business is cleaned up, your time is freed up. If you don't have processes and you're reacting all the time, give an example. I'm talking with, talking with one of my coaching members and he was struggling because he'd have all these to-do lists. He'd get it with all these things throughout the day that would distract from productivity and effectiveness. And all he did was decide to have a team huddle every morning for 10 minutes. Just a huddle. What's on the plate today? What hurdles do we have to jump? What can we proactively tackle and build a list? And who's going to do it? And every day that list keeps on going. But they're proactively looking at what needs to be done that day to minimize interruptions by controlling your business. If you don't clean up your business, you don't free up your time to do what the, what's best for you, and you don't let other people handle the rest, you're going to not have your effective time to get the work done. That's the essence of following the law of the broom. When your business is cleaned up and your time is freed up to do what you do best and let others handle the rest, what do we do best? It should be lead conversion, lead generation through high trust referrals, high trust relationships. Legit. You got to build it that way. Um, that's, unfortunately, most new sales professionals are taught to sell. I like what Todd said on his post one day. What the problem is with mortgage professionals is they're always out there selling. And we should be providing. We shouldn't be selling. We should be providing. But we have to know what to provide. How do you know what to provide if you present? You're not knowing what to provide because you don't know what that person's needs are. So the purpose of high trust is to learn, to ask questions, to learn what to provide and then provide it. Quantity doesn't matter most. Quality matters most. One of the, one of the people I, I worked with in my coaching platform, uh, Todd's coaching platform, excuse me, was with another training program that said make 30 phone calls by 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock every Monday. Make 30 cold calls. I asked him how that was working for him. And he said, it doesn't work well at all. I don't get much results from it. And I'm not building a relationship with it. And it sets my week off on a bad note. So don't make 30 random cold calls. Make five high trust targeted who you want to talk to. Set the stage. Talk to people you want to, but not 30 random cold calls. And what do you say? I was on a, a, one of my coaching members again. I, I refer to them because I, I hear so much. Was told to call every realtor and say, how, how do I get 15 minutes of your time? So if you call a realtor and say, how do I get 15 minutes of your time? If I were the realtor, I'd say, what do you want to do with that 15 minutes? Versus saying, I hear you're really good. I want to get to know you better. Or, I, I love the book. The book thing works. I don't care what you say. I've done it. If you haven't tried to do it, 
I love the, the 10 new golden rules of customer service experience. Send that to people, help them understand what the customer experience could look like, follow up set appointments. So activities, how do you spend your days? Law of the broom, how do you spend your days? Red light activities, things you should try and delegate as much as humanly possible. Filling out and filing paperwork, faxing and copying, managing crises. Don't let, get out in front of crises, it'll be talked about. Dealing with high maintenance, low profit customers. Don't need them. You simply don't need them. Because while you're spending time with them, you're not building the high trust relationships you really need. Copying and telephone interruptions, coping with them, excuse me. You, 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 we've already talked about it. You get rid of telephone interruptions being proactive and also leaving a message. I return calls at 10, 1, and 4. If it's urgent, text me 911. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. But don't have constant telephone interruptions, email interruptions, taking long lunches that aren't necessary. Maybe you do that to get a break once in a while, but use that time effectively. Hanging out with whiners instead of winners. You're only as good as the people you surround yourself with. Gossiping among coworkers, it's not worth it. No time for that. Randomly calling on prospects or calling on easy prospects or clients who don't provide good business. Green light activities. These are things that you should be doing once you get your business cleaned up and structured. High trust relationship management and growth. High trust partnership planning. High trust referral follow-up. One of the behaviors that is the most effective return on investment in the mortgage business, in my opinion, I don't think it's just my opinion, I think it's a fact. Are you calling every pre-qualified customer that you've ever spoken with on a regular basis, weekly, bi-weekly, are you calling those people? Have you ever made a phone call to somebody you talked to a month ago to find out that they bought their money from somebody else? The most important ROI is follow-up on people that have been a lead to you, that you met with or you spoke with, you need to follow up on them. I was coaching one of my coaching members and we looked at his conversion ratio from phone call to app was like 8%, 8%. Through some tech technology, through some techniques, through some communication, he jumped out to 40% in 30 days. Think about the difference of converting 32% more leads. What does that mean to your business? And what are you doing to make that happen? I trust partnership planning. New client prospecting. I love what I, when I love this story uh, of Todd told in California a couple of years ago, a young lady worked for a farm and home lending bureau and decided to get into the, the residential real estate business. It became one of the tops in her firm, literally inside of six months. But in the first two months, she handed out 3,000 business cards. Every time money left her hands to pay for something, there was a business card attached to it. Every teacher, everybody she knew, her Christmas card list, everybody knows what she does for a living. Amazing. It's brilliant. Adding value to key clients. Are you adding value to your key clients or asking for business? And it goes back to the law of the reciprocity. What are you giving? 
What are you teaching? What are you sharing? Todd says it many, many times with referral partners. The goal is to help them do more business. Are you calling them and saying, you know, what can I do to work with you to help you do more business, to close more transactions? What can I do to help you have a higher conversion ratio? What can I do to help you win? Are you looking to help them win or get a deal, a transaction? The 100% question asks this. What would your career look like if you could spend all your time, work hours on the few things that produce the greatest return of your time? What would your business look like if you literally could spend the time doing the things that bring you production, not the things that distract you? And it does start with slow down to go fast. Do it right the first time. Well, that goes back to time blocking because time blocking is really important. You say, I don't have the time. I'm too busy. Right now, are you looking at 2021 and saying, what percentage of my business is going to come from realtors? What percentage of my business is going to come from my referral partners? Where is my business going to come from next year? Where am I going to make it come from next year? Where's my business coming from? And how are you going to make that happen? We're so reactionary in this in this drinking from a fire hydrant reality we're in right now that we're not planning on the future. We're not planning on what comes next. We're not building relationships. We're reacting to volume. What percentage of your business right now is refi versus purchase? My percentage is 75% purchase. I'm happy with that. Should be higher actually. But what percentage should you even know what the percentage of your business is that's purchase centric. And what are you doing to make sure that next year your business comes from those sources? And while you're handling all these refinances, you're not ignoring the people that are bringing you success next year and the following year. Do you have a business plan? Do you have any way of tracking what you're doing? Are you even looking at this? Time blocking is an important part of cleaning up your business. Because once you clean it up, then you build it. Are you scheduling your priorities rather than prioritizing your schedule? Do you even have priorities? What are you going to do with your time? Are you predefining green activities that are necessary for your business to excel? They're necessary. Are you incorporating green blocks of time into your daily schedule that help you maintain a sense of predictability and certainty? Are you predefining times when you will do this, because if you don't prioritize your behaviors, you probably won't do them. Um, time blocking is not trying not to waste time. It's not that. It is not a rigid declaration. It is not yellow post-it notes all over your desk. It is not a to-do list. It is not a quick fix. If you're not prepared, and you're not spending your time on activities that bring you business, activities that grow your trust. What are you doing with your time? I mean, literally, what are you doing with your time? So time blocking is one of the most key components to being prepared. When I, I, I remember this and it was huge. This was a long, long time ago. When I went to Duncan events in California, me and one of my partners, Leslie, one of my partners, Scott, we went together, one of my, we're part of the same team, same company for 
over 10 years now. We came back from the high trust event and we spent one hour every week, shut the door, nothing else interrupts us, totally time blocked, and spent one hour on our conveyor belt every single week for six months. And we had it tuned to where if a phone call came in and a client said, or somebody said, hello, is Wayne in? My assistant knew to ask, um, I'm not sure, let me check, you might be with a client, is this about a new loan or is this about a loan in process? And if it's about a loan in process, you would say, oh, I, know, I think Wayne is, let me check, but let me get you over to his, his processor. She'll take care of that right now for you. And that probably eliminated half my incoming calls. But we worked on this time and time again, a conveyor belt. So for example, I was talking on a coaching call this morning and he had, uh, had the assistant call the client and again say, you should, you know, Wayne told you to get me these things. We don't have them by now. You should have sent them in. Can you get them for me? See, my, my ultimate, I was different. When I did mine, I had a check sheet of the things I had, the things I needed. The things I needed, my assistant would immediately call the day after I took the application and say, I noticed there's some outstanding items needed. Can I help you gather them? Is there anything we can do to help you do that? And then she called two days later, and maybe two days later again, but after the third call, the client wasn't responsive. I made the call. I played golf with Jim McMahon. Everybody knows who Jim McMahon is. It was probably 1997, Dallas, Texas. And in those days, Jim wouldn't even take the appointment with a customer. So all the supporting documents were faxed in. There's no email, technology was different. He didn't even sit with the customer to all supporting documents were faxed in. If you don't do it right the first time, when do you have time to do it later? So, you know, we have a couple minutes left to wrap this up, but, but the goal right now is to build high trust. How do you build trust? You don't build trust by doing a presentation. You don't build trust by telling people what you want them to know. I'll never forget, I was a younger man inside of a corporate office, going out calling on banks to build a wholesale division. Looked at a banker one day and said, you need, you need what, I, what I have here for you. He goes, son, don't tell me what I need. I know what I need. I blew it, I flat out blew it. Because I tried to tell him what he needed. Is that the way to build trust? Versus asking what is needed. Versus discovering it. So again, it's not about selling, it's about providing. But what was I providing by telling him what he needed? It was arrogant. I lost, but I learned. That day I learned a valuable lesson. I never did that again. So to, to build your business, you have to clean it up. It, it's, it's a major shift in the way some people do business. It's not shotgunning, it's not calling everybody trying to get a transaction. It's not what high trust is about. High trust is about predefining who you want to do business with, asking who's the best, finding out who is the best, and then going out there, letting those people know that they're on your radar screen. Somebody told me that they are important. They're amazing. They're good at what they do. And then the goal is to get to know those people and find out the flaws in their business, bring them solutions 
that help them do more business. And I'll, I'll wrap up by talking about one of my guys, one of my coaching members, Tony, who closed 78 units uh, last month. First coaching call, he was going to fire his number one realtor. And, and we got to talking about that, and I go, why? He goes, because the way she does business doesn't create the best result. So we talked about how to change the shift, and he went to his number one realtor and explained to her that by doing business differently, she could get more referrals because for every customer you close a transaction with, you should get one referral every three years. And she wasn't seeing those kind of results. So they worked together to change her paradigm. And then he went back a few months later with a 15-year relationship. He was going to fire and did the high-trust interview 15 years into the relationship. Learned more about her than he ever knew. And the relationship grew stronger than it ever was. He stepped back. He slowed down. He explained how by doing business differently in the high-trust methodology, she would do more business. And the relationship has never, ever been stronger. It's amazing what you can do with a few changes in your business, a few changes in the way you say things to people. Are you scolding people? Are you learning? Are you teaching? Are you educating? Is it a punitive way you handle people? Or is it a, a reward? And I ask people this all the time. Do you have a dog? This is going to sound crazy. But how do you teach a dog to do well? You reward great behavior. If you are mean to a dog, it's not going to get you any result. But rewarding good behavior, teaching good behavior, showing new processes to learn how to grow and build your business together with your referral partners is what High Trust is all about. I'm hoping that today some of these tidbits were helpful. I'm hoping that today some of these tidbits were insightful. You know, truthfully, if you don't have a coach, get a coach. It's important. It'll hold you accountable. It'll, it'll help you keep your behaviors in track. It'll give you insights in the high trust methodology. You know, certainly reach out and let us know if you want to uh, hightrustcoaching.com to get more information, you know, have a, a, a session to learn about what is offered. It's changed my life. It's changed the life of everybody that I work with in the coaching platform. They're all doing more business, but even more so, they're all having a much higher quality of life than what they had prior to high trust methodology. It's awesome, it's amazing. I wanna thank you very much for your time today. If you have any uh, questions, you know where to reach out to. Thank you for taking the time today. God bless you, stay safe, and once again, veterans, thank you so much. You're valuable, you're important, you're mandatory, thank you.